0: Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp Audio Experience and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Today is a special Q&A where we're going to focus exclusively on how to get shippers as a freight broker or freight agent. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, cool. Great question, Russell. What are the four most common objections that you hear? All right. So the four most common objections you hear as a freight broker or freight agent are your price is too high. We're happy with our current provider. We don't do business with brokers or kind of a smokescreen objection, which is send me some info, right? So those are the four most common objections that you're going to run into. Now there are others, Okay. Don't get me wrong. But I would tell you that probably 80 plus percent of the time, those are the objections that you're going to get, especially on early sales outreach and sales dialogue, whether that be through email, through LinkedIn, through phone calls, through face to face. Okay. So those are probably the most common that I would see you run into, but good question, Russell. Thank you. Okay. So he says, I I am a freight broker, but I need a freight agent. Okay. So what you're looking to do as a broker is you're looking to hire agents. All right. So because this kind of ties back to sales, I'm going to answer it for you. So there are a few ways that I personally went out and hired agents. When I or when I sold the business, I should say, I think we had about seventy offices, okay, around the United States. They were all independent contractors, all agents. That's the model that I built. There was a few ways we did that. Number one, we used LinkedIn very heavily, okay. So LinkedIn became one of our primary tools for finding and and engaging and developing relationships with potential agents. Number two, we would place job ads on places like Jobs and Logistics or Indeed.com. So we would do job ads. And number three is referrals. So when we found an agent that was happy with us, we would pay a really good referral fee for anybody that they would refer us to, right? So if they referred, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was, I think it was thousands of dollars in the event that the if they referred an agent, that agent came on and then they ultimately worked out after you know, 90 days or six months, I think we had a at least a thousand dollar plus or more referral fee that we paid to them. I don't remember the exact thing because it's been a long time now, but we paid a referral fee. So those are the three, LinkedIn, job boards that we would place job ads and then referrals. So that would be what I would suggest. But before you do all that, here's what you have to do. If you're a broker, you have to create a product that is Good enough for a broker to want. So everybody wants experienced agents with a book of business, right? That's what you want to hire because you want instant cash flow. But the problem is you probably don't have a product right now, or you may not have a product right now that appeals to them. So you have to build the product that's designed specific for whoever you're targeting. If you're targeting experienced brokers who have a book of business, you have to ask yourself the difficult question. What do I have to offer them? What can I offer them other than just a a motor carrier number, an MC number, right? A broker number. A lot of times when you're first getting started, you'll be able to attract people who don't have experience or a book of business, or maybe they have experience and they don't have a book of business. Those are sometimes a lot easier to attract. So sometimes you know, you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find the prince or the princess, right? And so ultimately that's kind of what I would suggest. I hope that helps. If you have a follow-up question, let me know. Uh, Favor Scrubs asks, is it a good idea to go to local warehouses to try to get their business? Well, local warehouses may either be a freight forwarder or a freight broker already. A lot of times a warehouse also has their freight forwarder authority or their freight broker authority. Most times it's their freight forwarder authority. Okay. You could potentially, and one of two things would happen. You would either, if it was a freight forwarder, then you would kind of co-broker with them, they would be your customer and you would help support and service them wherever they have needs or pain or demand. If it's a freight broker, possibly, but I don't highly recommend it. Um, You really want to go direct to shippers. So The other way to do it is if it's not the freight forwarder, then maybe you can get referral. There are some shippers, obviously they have their own warehouses, so you could go direct to a shipper who has a warehouse, but I think you were really talking more about transportation providers. So yeah, if it's a freight forwarder, you could potentially work with them or you could get referrals. And of course, if a shipper has their own warehouse, then it only makes sense, right? Because if you're going to find, if you're going to work with companies that are local, if that's your niche, then that's definitely where you want to start spending some time. So I hope that helps. Question from Danielle Gauss: What is a great marketing schedule? What are good days to see shippers? Days to make calls? Okay. Well, I'm not sure about a marketing schedule, but a sales schedule. Marketing to me is a, is different than sales. Okay. So they're a little different. We're going to focus on sales because that's what this is about. It really kind of depends. If your niche is local and you want to go out and press the flesh and you want to see people face-to-face and you want to knock on a lot of doors and you want to go to a lot of docks and you want to do it that way, that's a great way to do it. If you're comfortable with it and your target market is within a reasonable distance and you can you can touch a lot of people, I think that's a great way to do it, especially if you, if you combine that with phone calls and emails, right? Having a multi-touchpoint outreach strategy, which is what I teach in the Freight Broker Sales Accelerator, it literally will double or triple your connection rate and the contacts that you're able to make. The schedule, the most difficult days to get people on the phone, historically speaking, are Mondays and Fridays. Okay just because Mondays and Fridays have, in transportation have a tendency to be uh, where if you're in the transportation industry, you're putting out a lot of fires. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be calling on them. I'm just letting you know to set the proper expectations. Mondays and Fridays have a tendency to be the toughest days to make contact, especially if you're cold calling or cold prospecting. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that leaves it kind of wide open. You know, as far as Times, you know, any time of day is going to be a time when you're going to have to be willing to make a cold outreach, whether that be through email or through phone or face-to-face. But what i found, if you can sometimes show up a little bit before the normal work hours or just a little bit after the normal work hours, you you will make a higher connection rate on those show-ups only because, you know, they may be in there a little bit early trying to get some work done and their phone just hasn't really started buzzing yet. So those are a few ideas. Um, I think ultimately, you're gonna have to, you know this is a question I get a lot. And what I tell people is ultimately this, you know, when you first start up as a freight broker or a freight agent, 90 plus percent of your time needs to be spent prospecting. That's just the way it is. whether you're doing email, phone, face to face, LinkedIn, or all of the above, 90% of your time needs to be spent doing prospecting. You need to fill the sales funnel. That sales funnel is where, you know think about it, you have a big funnel, and you're putting all the, the potential prospects into the top. You're making a lot of phone calls. And then at the end of the bottom of that funnel, it narrows down. And then out of that drips a customer here, a customer there, a customer here, a customer there, right? And so you really got to fill that funnel. So you got to spend a lot of time doing that. That's really the secret to a quick start, right? Is having number one, the right approach. And number two, taking massive action and consistent action to fill that funnel. All right. So I hope that helps. Okay. Okay. Uh, Question is, currently my team is working on cold calling. The response they are getting from manufacturers is that they have their own carriers or they have their own fleet of trucks. That goes into the objection of we're happy with our current providers. So you need to learn how to overcome that. You need to learn how to address that. But here's the thing, what you have to understand, the problem that you're having, okay, and getting that objection, because sometimes they're probably telling you the truth, but in other times it's a smoke screen just to get you off the phone. And so the biggest challenge that I find people have that are getting these objections in the first phone call like this is the fact that they're not making a good First impression when they get on the phone, right? They haven't differentiated themselves, right? You have to have what I call a compelling sales hook. You have to be different, right? It, that old cold call script, and I don't know what your cold call script is, but hey, the cold call script of, hey, we've got trucks in your area, and I just thought I'd give you a call and see if we might be able to help you with some of your loads. That's dead. That's garbage. Don't use it. It's junk. And if anybody teaches you that, run for the frickin' hills because they're not they've never made any money in this business, okay? You have to not in not in the long term, right? I mean, you know, you can you can stumble over a shipper here and there, but you're not going to ever build a real business, a highly successful business with that pitch. And that's the problem. Everybody thinks that every cold call pitch or every cold call script is the same, and they're not. You got to understand if a shipper has heard that that sales script 10 20 50 100 times every time they hear it it has a worse impression meaning they're they're more pissed off that you called them after they've heard that same pitch the 100th time than they were when they heard it the first time i think we could all agree at that so you have to learn how to create a compelling sales hook right so This is a big, 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 big part of what I do in the Freightbroker Sales Accelerator. Creating a compelling sales hook is so important to help differentiate yourself from everybody else they've talked to that day, that week, that month. And if you can do that, number one, you can capture their attention, right? Because that's really what we got to do. We've got about three to five seconds or maybe less to try to capture their attention so that you can then make a good first impression and you can then ask some really good questions and you can then build enough of a rapport and relationship that you can either get a freight quote or schedule another call or schedule a face-to-face meeting or whatever it is that your sales, you know, cycle or process is set up as and it's but it's critically important and I think that is one of the biggest things that freight brokers and freight agents struggle with is creating a compelling sales hook, right? how to be different, how to sound different. If you sound like everybody else, don't be surprised if you get the Heisman or you get the hang up, hope that helps. Harvey asks, what about the objection that we're not taking on any new brokers at this time? Yeah that's a, we're happy with our current provider. It's just a different version of we're happy with our current provider, but it's actually a little bit more of a buying signal than we're happy with our current provider. Cause they're saying we're not taking on new brokers at this time. And I'll be extremely honest with you. Most people might take this as a blow off, but me personally, okay. I just have two questions for you, if you wouldn't mind. Number one, when's the last time you added a new broker or a new provider? And then number two is when do you think you guys will start considering or opening it? up opportunities to do business with new brokers because I'm trying to gather some sales intelligence and along the ride, I'm trying to continue that dialogue and build some rapport. If somebody doesn't have a need, there is no sale, okay? they have to have a need. If I've got a bottle of sparkling ice, black cherry flavored sparkling water, right? And I'm happy and I've got a bottle of water and I only drink one bottle of water a day and you offer me another bottle of water, right? And I don't need it. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to spend money on something that I don't need. And so the same thing goes for freight brokerage. Same thing goes for everything. There has to be a need. There has to be a demand. There has to be some pain. And so Harvey, you went through my freight broker sales accelerator, right? So you... Some of these objections that we've talked about, you know how to handle those. If you if you can't recall, log back into the online course, the Freightburger Sales Accelerator, and definitely refresh yourself. Uh, and beyond that, if you need additional help, make sure you hit us up at support because you're a member of Freightburger Bootcamp, so we're here for you. Ken Mumford asks, what do you think the success percentage is going door to door on foot? Well, I guess it depends on how you define success. If success to you is getting a customer that ships a load with you, well, You know, a lot of that depends upon your abilities to do what I just talked about, which is to be different, to stand out, to build rapport, right? To be able to identify the need, right? So ultimately, just because they're buying transportation doesn't mean that they need you. Your job in these cold calls is to start developing a relationship. See, the problem everybody has is they're so focused on... The conversion—they're so focused on the transaction that they forget about the relationship. It takes time. You have to develop a relationship. Now, some people, you know, within two or three or four communications—phone, face-to-face, email, or otherwise—you know, you could start doing business with them. Others, I've had communications with with shippers for over a year before they did business with me. Now, we weren't talking every day. Sometimes we weren't even talking every month, but we had conversations, dozens of conversations over an extended period of time. You know, it's chess, it's not checkers. That's what you have to remember. So I can't give you a conversion number because I don't know what your uh, process looks like. But I can tell you that face-to-face you will typically get a little bit less rejection than you will over the phone. And the reason being is because it's harder for someone to reject you over face-to-face. You have body language, you have that, it's easier to build rapport in a relationship face-to-face than it is over the phone. The advantage to the phone is that you can touch a lot more people quicker, right? I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm simply saying that I think they're both valuable. If you can do face-to-face and you can do the phone and you can do email and you can do LinkedIn, those four channels, if you can create a multi-touchpoint outreach strategy and a sales cadence that's dedicated to high conversions and conversions being having a real conversation, getting an opportunity to quote and possibly being able to start doing business with them and working and moving their freight, I think that's what you should be shooting for. So I hope that helps. Okay. Question from Jeremy. How do you navigate pricing bidding when the lane markets give you one price and the shipper is undercutting? Okay, so number one, if you're trying to use, okay, if you're trying to use the rating tools built into load boards, okay, and that's your source rating, you're automatically behind the eight ball and you're in big trouble. Okay. That data, in my personal opinion, is a starting point. It's not an end point. Having that information has value. Don't get me wrong. The most accurate spot market rates that you are going to get is the rates that you get directly from a carrier on that day. If I have a load moving tomorrow and I talk to a carrier today, a load moving tomorrow from Buffalo to Atlanta on a van. Okay. And let's say that carrier quote, me 2000 bucks I'm just running a number 2000 bucks and I talked to four other carriers and one's 1800 one's 1900 one's 2000 and one's 2100 okay I have an idea that for somewhere in and around 1900 to 2000 bucks I can move that load so I got four carriers they're all in that range you know one's not 2,900 and the other one's 3,900 and, the, and one is 2,000. I'm not picking the lowest, I'm kind of getting a sense of where the middle is, where's the market based on spot market. I know that I could take that 1,900, mark it up a couple hundred bucks, give a an all-in quote of 2,100 bucks, and I'm going to have a very high likelihood, high probability of being in the market. Now, I may not be the cheapest, okay? Understand something. That's never been my goal. If a shipper says that I have to be the cheapest in order to do business with them, I explain to them why I'm not a good fit and I exit stage left because I'm not interested in being the cheapest. That's not, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be the Walmart of freight brokers. And I strongly suggest that you're not either. Don't focus on price, focus on value because that's really what smart shippers want. So, uh, you know, I just don't do business with, with companies that are just heavy duty price shop. They need to be focused on service and relationship and value as opposed to just price. And the way you do that is to differentiate yourself, build strong rapport, you know, use social proof of how you've already done business with these other clients and why they're willing to pay you more and, um, and you'll be surprised. So I hope that helps. Thanks, Jeremy. Ha ha. Jim Hand. What is the best voicemail script? By the way, Jim Hand has been around in this community and has been a broker. Actually, he's an agent now for a very long time. So good guy. Jim was actually a part of a coaching program I had a long time ago called My Inner Circle. We had a lot of fun. Jim's a super sharp guy. So thank you for being here. I know you're a busy guy. Question is, what is the best voicemail script? the best. Okay. What's the best voicemail script? So the best voicemail script is the script that gets the call back. I I mean, I'm not being funny. So the art of voicemail is relatively simple. It follows hand in hand with how I teach in my Freightbreaker Sales Accelerator, how to create a compelling sales hook, whether it's email, whether it's voicemail, whether it's over the phone or face-to-face, you have to have a compelling sales hook. In voicemail, you can't be really long, right? You got to be relatively short, but the secret is, okay. So it goes intro, sales hook, call to action, contact info. Okay. So hi, Mr. Prospect. The reason for the call, we work with logistics managers in the steel industry to help them spend less time sourcing and negotiating and dispatching carriers and more time supporting their customer needs. I was wondering if I could get a few minutes of your time to discuss how you're balancing this issue and if there's any other way that we can make your job easier. Again, my name is Dennis Brown, 716-555-1212. Dennis Brown with XYZ Logistics, 716-555-1212. So use that framework. You can't use that voicemail, obviously, because yours is going to be different, but use that framework as a way to create a compelling voicemail. So hope that helps. Good question, Jim. Thank you. Question from Carolyn, what is the likelihood of getting hired as an agent with no experience? The likelihood of getting hired as an agent with no experience is 100% if you do what I tell you. It's 100%. Now, the likelihood of you getting hired as an agent with no experience the first time you apply for an agent position, It's probably not good. If you follow my process, and here's what I'm gonna tell you, go to freightburgerbootcamp.com forward slash blog, okay? That's my blog, and type in the search box on my blog where you can search the articles, search get hired, okay? You're gonna see an entire blog post and a video and a training that walks you through step-by-step by step on how to get hired as a freight agent with no experience, okay? If you follow that process, it's almost as absolute certainty that you're going to get hired. Now, will you be successful? I don't know, okay? That, that's really up to you. But if you wanna get hired, I can teach you how to be successful. If that's the goal right now to get hired, follow that. Go to freightbreakerbootcamp.com forward slash blog. Okay, good question, Carolyn. Okay, if you guys are looking for shipper leads, right? Manufacturer leads. Leads within your freight niche. You can sign up for free with no credit card and you can get access to some amazing data. I did an entire demo on this. Go to freightbrokerbootcamp.com forward slash free leads, okay? Now, um, that is called Apollo and you can sign up for free. And literally within 60 seconds, you can be searching leads, right? And finding leads, finding shipper leads in your specific niche. So yeah. So if you guys want to sign up for that, I've had so much great feedback from people that saw that demo and signed up for the free. They were shocked that they didn't have to put a credit card in. They were shocked that they didn't have to buy anything. Um, There was no contract. There's no, you know, they literally sign up. You can sign up for free forever. You can be a free member forever. Or if there's other services and things that you want, you can purchase those, but it's not required. Okay. So I hope that helps. Uh, Hugo says, how much should I pay freight agents? Freight agents typically get somewhere between 50 and 70% of the profit. That means if you're a shippers paying you a thousand dollars and you're paying a carrier $800 and there's $200 in gross margin, you're going to pay them 50% of that gross margin and otherwise a hundred dollars. So I would start new agents at 50%. If they are experienced and they have a book of business, maybe it's 55, maybe it's 60, Maybe it's 65. I didn't pay anybody 70, but some people do, right? That's kind of up to you. I focused more on providing value to them on the back end and more tools and resources and training and those things that help them to earn more than the extra percentage as opposed to the companies that pay a higher percentage and do nothing to support their agents. So that's completely up to you, but that's what I would pay. If you're just getting started as a freight broker freight agent, maybe this is the first time you've kind of come across this content and you're just kind of coming up with the idea, Check out freightbrokerbootcamp.com. We've helped over 10,000 startups, right? We've over 10,000 students have went through that program and we offer a 60 day 100% unconditional money back guarantee